There were a ton of project developments discussed at this year's Economic Summit, at least three of which that were first announced there. And we're following up on our coverage of the event with Montana Governor Greg Gianforte, who was also one of the featured speakers at the event. The governor discusses with Tom how exactly those projects landed here in Montana and their impact on the state's economy in future. He also shares his impressions of the recent primary elections. Later on in the show, State Representative Lou Jones joins the program to discuss the state budget as the 2022 year comes to a close, along with the historic meeting that occurred in Helena recently concerning Montana's education system. There's a lot of money, developments, and change coming to Montana, and we got a couple of its leaders and experts to help us make sense of it all in this episode of the Voices of Montana podcast. Hey, uh, Montana Governor Greg Gianforte, our 25th governor of the great state. Good morning, sir. How are you? Tom, it's good to be with you. Uh, it's good to be uh, good to have you here, and I, I appreciate you joining us. There's a lot of things I want to talk about. Uh, I know you're up in Denton here recently, so I'll get an update on that. Want to go to the economic summit? Uh, but what about your thoughts on um, on the primary election here in Montana? Well, I was. We had a you know Lincoln had a little bit of issue, but they did the right thing. They they buckled down. They hand counted every ballot to make sure we had good. Uh, good quality outcomes that we could depend on. That happens statewide. So I have two comments. One, congratulations to everyone that won. And also, thank you to everybody that ran. It it takes courage to put your name forward. Uh, And I'm pleased that because of the reforms in the last legislature, where we now require photo IDs, and there's no same-day voter registration. I was talking to the Secretary of State yesterday we can have confidence in our elections, and I'm I'm glad we have that. We're passing the leadership down to the next set of candidates. Yeah, and I have expressed it too. There, uh, the appreciation for people who will throw their hats in the ring for this. Um, what's the role of the governor? Uh, it doesn't matter what party you're from. Let's take that out of uh, the equation here, and it doesn't matter what state you're from. In your in your opinion, when it comes to leadership, what's the role? Um, of our highest office holder in the state of Montana during the election process. Well, I've got to I've got to represent everybody in the state, and I'm I'm proud of the bipartisanship we have in the state legislature. It's in stark contrast to what goes on in Washington D.C. Just a statistic to share with folks: in the last legislative session, 69 percent of the bills that made it to my desk were bipartisan. They had 80 to 100 percent of all the legislators supporting them. Uh, That's not going on in Washington. I think good ideas can come from Republicans and come from Democrats and come from independents. And even if someone's a a critic, even if you don't adopt their ideas, uh, usually their voice in the conversation makes the result you get better. So uh, I I like the process we have. It's a little chaotic, uh, but it's better than any other system of government on the planet. Yeah, I agree. And um, I, I happen, of course, sitting in this seat, I kind of happen to like the chaos every now and again. Uh, but that's, you know, uh, Governor Greg Jean Forte is with us here on Voices of Montana. You want to get in a phone call or a comment, uh, 866-627-5483 or 781-627-5483, the latter of the text number there. Let's just go to the Montana uh, On the Rise Economic Summit, truly aptly titled. It was incredible. I mean, standing room only in Bozeman. And as you mentioned in your lead up, there were a bunch of big announcements there. Hyundai was there talking about their research and development, $50 million investment in Bozeman. They're going to be hiring Bobcat mechanical engineers, Bobcat material scientists, Bobcat computer scientists to build the next generations of vehicles. Uh, We had a defense contractor from Alabama announce that they're establishing 
facilities here in Montana to build uh, and do research for the Department of Defense. And, uh, of course, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank, was there to announce uh, tens of millions of dollars of investment in a green data center that's going to be located in Polson. And we had uh, uh, a gentleman from the Tribal Council, CSKT, there. It's in partnership. They're buying the power from the Kerr Dam to run a green data center. So it was just exciting. And I, I, my message was really clear. Montana is open for business, and we saw it at the On the Rise uh, event last week. Well, and comments on, on Kevin O'Leary, because we, we played some of that from his presentation uh, er, earlier this week on Tuesday, I think it was. And, uh, you know, he talked about business, uh, not uh, a lot of states, not really business friendly um, and how how big a difference that make and how investment money flows to the area of least resistance. And how do how, what was what does the Mon, what does Montana do to encourage this kind of investment? Well, this was the dialogue we had. Kevin O'Leary yeah. came to the Capitol. We met with him. We made the introductions to uh, the Salish and Kootenai tribe. Uh, we encouraged them to go visit them. They did that. Uh, this thing moved very, very quickly. But here, here's the bottom line. We gave Montanans the biggest tax cut in the history of the state. We've been rewriting the regulations, and that is attractive to capital. Uh, Kevin O'Leary said Montana is now one of the top five places globally to invest capital for growth. Uh, that's a huge compliment from a guy that knows what he's talking about. And I was pleased to be on stage with him there to make the announcement about their investment here in Montana. What do they what are they looking for? I know they talk about a workforce and, and we're we're having some housing issues that are affecting our workforce and, and, and affecting entrepreneurship, I think, and, and business in the state of Montana. Then, you know, we uh, folks talk about like tax incentives, but they're that in itself is is not very well defined uh, to attract these businesses here. What what typically are they looking for um, when it comes to m- maybe the kind of tax incentives that will pay off down the road? Yeah, so I'm not a big fan of handing out tax incentives yeah. because who pays for that? The people that are already here. What we need to do is have a flat tax across the board and a reliable regulatory regime where people can get permits in a reasonable period of time. The, here's the bottom line. Capital is a coward. It flees risk and uncertainty. If we can have a dependable, reliable regulatory regime that people can read and understand, a permitting environment that, um, I mean, people have to comply with the rules. I mean, we need clean air, clean water, but we ought to get to, we ought to figure out how to get to yes uh, while complying with the law and a tax regime that doesn't penalize. And the point that Kevin made was that states like New York and California keep raising their taxes. They keep increasing the regulations, and that causes companies and individuals to flee to places where there is a uh, consistent regulatory regime and a reasonable tax structure like Montana. Served a couple of terms as Montana's congressman and uh, spent 34 years in the private sector and also uh, well known for founding Right Now Technologies from scratch, along with First Lady Susan, 500 good paying jobs, Senator Steve Daines joined that team and uh, I think worked there for 12 years there, Montana Governor Greg Gianforte. Uh, You served in Congress. Uh, You heard frequently about regulations um, and how they hinder and and how they help as well. They're necessary in a lot of ways. 
you've initiated a regulatory look at Montana, the red or uh, um, is it the Red Law Task Force or um, red, I, yeah, red tape, yeah, red tape relief. Yeah, and how's that going? Um, I, I think uh, as uh, I tell people, I'm curious about it, looking for it when it comes out. I want to talk to you about it, and Kristen Juris, who's been leading that Montana's lieutenant governor. Um, I, I just know that that is going to be a valuable part of encouraging Montana's economy down the road. Uh, can you status update oh, us? Sure. Um, and let me just say, Tom, there's lots of low-hanging fruit. Mm, we good. found so much stuff. Uh, we've already acted on a bunch of it. Like uh, we had a, uh, we changed the apprenticeship rules in Montana. Uh, Idaho allows four electrical apprentices to work for one journeyman. In Montana, we said you had to have two journeymen for every apprentice. So we went to a more uh, a liberal environment where we now allow one journeyman, two apprentices. This uh, uh, dramatically increased the number of electrical apprentices. This is the sort of stuff. Uh, we also relaxed, uh, uh, we increased recip- uh, reciprocity on teacher licenses so that Someone who's been teaching for 20 years in Wyoming can actually come to Montana and teach without having to start all over again. Uh, The other thing that was kind of interesting, we analyzed the regulations, and we have about um, 60,000 shall-nots, prohibited, must-nots in our code in Montana. But here's the thing that really was troublesome when we started to dig into this. We want regulations to be easy to understand, so you don't have to go hire a lawyer or a whole team of consultants to help you figure something out. Montana regs require, on average, 20 years of education to understand them. Hmm. That means you, a doctorate is not enough. You need a doctorate plus post-doctoral work to understand Montana regs. So we're rewriting them in plain English so somebody on Main Street can understand them. I'm looking forward to that, and I think that's a necessary. Montana Governor Greg Gianforte again here. Uh, still on this economic summit, um, uh, again, FICO was there, William Lansing. In fact, you, you moderated a panel, recruited to Montana. We spoke with Bill Mosley uh, earlier that morning about, uh, and he's with GL Solutions in the Kalispell area, how he came to Montana. You mentioned Hyundai. Um, uh, just just m- m- more takeaways on that recruitment process and, and the fact that, you know, they're starting to trickle in may mean that the floodgates are a little bit wider open now. Yeah, and that's that, that GL Solutions is a good example. There's an entrepreneur who was operating in Bend, Oregon, and he said, I, every time I turned around, I was fighting with the government. They were telling me how to run my business and my life. I had to get out of there. He moved to Kalispell. He could not be happier. He brought 50 jobs with him. Those are jobs for Montanans. They're high-wage jobs. Great. And and you mentioned something earlier, Tom, and this was a big topic at this meeting, was workforce. The state is doing two things to help in this regard. Uh, We are building employer-specific and industry-specific workforce pipelines, combining public-private partnerships, the university resources, private sector resources together to help build pipelines for these employers that want to grow here. That's extremely important. In addition, uh, we've refocused some resources at the Department of Commerce to do recruitment. We now have 125 businesses on our pipeline of businesses that are considering moving to Montana. We've initiated a red carpet program. We're hosting five to seven visits a month from companies that are thinking of moving here. 
will we'll help them meet with other people in their industry, maybe some professors at the university that are working in their area, maybe a real estate agent to help them look at space. And of course, we make sure they get a big beef steak and maybe get a line wet while they're here. So that really allows us to set the hook. Montana Governor Greg Gianforte here on Voices of Montana. We'll take a break and, and come on back. And um, there's still lots to talk here. I'm curious about that workforce pipeline to go into that a little bit more. Uh, but I, I want to move on. You did some visiting around the state of Montana. And again, uh, you were just uh, recently in Denton, Montana. So we'll catch an update on the governor's travels uh, and, uh, and how things are going there. Back with more Voices in just a bit. Ask any traveler. There's no other place in the world like the O'Hare Motor Inn. If your journeys take you to Charlie Russell country, stay where we do right in downtown Great Falls. The modern western hospitality of one of Montana's most famous motels. Great food at Clark and Louie's Pub and Grill and the legendary Sip and Dip Lounge. The O'Hare's unique Sip and Dip Tiki Lounge features a glass wall between the bar and the swimming pool so you can watch the mermaids swim while you sip your beverage. You've got to see it to believe it. The one-of-a-kind O'Hare Motor Inn in Great Falls. Let's go right to some recent visits, some things I want to talk about here. Uh, gosh, you got a couple of things, in, including uh, recognizing Shark in Lewistown at the K-9 unit and then visiting uh, Denton nearby. How are the, how are the folks faring there? Uh, you know, we, they, uh, you get a lot of attention early on for tragedies like this, and then um, sometimes after a while uh, the attention tends to fade off and there's still a lot of work to be done. Well, the people in Denton are resilient. I was there in December while the town was still burning, uh, I was back there this week. Uh, we we uh, we provided lunch for about seventy people at the local bar there, who which is owned by the mayor. By the by the way, uh, Joel, uh, we had some good brisket and uh, had a little uh, forum where we discussed how's it going. I was pleased. Northwestern, there were some shout outs for Northwestern. They have really stepped up and helped clean up the sites. There's only like one house left that hasn't been. Uh, hauled off the dump, uh, and there are now houses under construction. And that's what I wanted to see. Uh, we set an initiative in January. Uh, our budget director, Ryan Osmondson, lives up there in Buffalo, uh, has been working with the mayor, the town council, other local leaders to rebuild Denton. The town wants to, wants to grow, and we're trying to help them put the pieces. We don't have a plan for them. We're just trying to come alongside them and help them get back on their feet. The um and, and, and thank you for that. There are there things that the public can do. Are there things that we need to know about here in the state of Montana to help our brothers and sisters there? Well, I heard this recent. I was up in Malta, uh, and this problem exists in a lot of rural communities. There are there are lots. Uh, maybe there's some older homes that people don't live in anymore. Maybe grandma lived there or granddad. Uh, maybe they've moved to a different location. Uh, but those. Houses aren't on the market, and this was a challenge in Denton. Uh, they have empty lots, but the people that own them aren't in Denton anymore, and they're, they haven't really thought about selling them. They're just sitting on them. Mm. And, and at the same time, we have young families that want to come back and move into the community. So there's a, an availability of housing issue. Uh, there are some older homes that with a little bit of uh, TLC could be habitable again, um, but so if, if folks have homes back in their home community that they're sitting on that nobody's living in, just consider renting them or putting them on the market. Gotcha. Um, thank you for that. Uh, Lewistown, uh, Shark. Let's talk about some of your, oh. your, your visits. Uh, how is Shark, by what the way? Shark is a, a, a German shepherd. He, he joined the Lewistown PD 
uh, about a year and a half ago, and he, with his uh, partner there, they ha- he has been instrumental in drug interdiction. In fact, 110 convictions and arrests so far just because of shark. Uh, so uh, drugs are a problem across the state. Uh, people gave kind of recommended shark for the Spirit of Montana Award. Uh, I went to uh, Lewistown, presented it to the sh- uh, the chief of police in Lewistown and uh, Shark's partner, the officer there, uh, this Spirit of Montana Award, really to highlight the work that the Lewistown PD is doing to do drug interdiction, get drug dealers and drugs off the street. Really fabulous. And uh, uh, and Shark was kind of cute, too. <laughs> well, um uh, anytime uh, you get a chance to snap a shot with uh, a canine, um, you know, hero, I'd, I'd, I'd take it. It looked good. Um, and, and more about some of your other visits there, too. What, what you know, uh, obviously you're, you go there and uh, when you're honoring veterans or you're recognizing shark, um, that's the main thing. But people are talking to you about their feelings, too, uh, about their, their beliefs and their um, thoughts regarding government. What are they saying? Well, we're hearing a lot. I had a town hall and win it uh, there at the bar. Uh, we had a great turnout. Uh, and people had a lot of things on their mind. You know, the the big topic there in Petroleum County is uh, they 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 have an over-objective population of elk, uh, and they need some help from FWP. That's why we started this elk management commission to make some recommendations. We're trying to bring landowners, sportsmen, and the outfitters all to the table, along with our biologists, to make sure we uh, protect um, uh, the, these populations. But when you know, when hay's three hundred dollars a ton, and you got a twelve hundred elk that are feeding on it, mm. that takes a bite out of the pocketbook, and that's part of the problems they're having because it's a special draw district. So that was topic. The other thing we hear continually when I do these town halls is inflation. And news out just this morning: eight point six percent inflation in May, highest in forty years. And please. Joe Biden, turn off the spigot of spending coming out of Washington. It's devaluing everyone's paycheck. We're seeing the impact at the pumps and the grocery store. Our farmers are seeing it in fertilizer prices and diesel prices. We've got to stop the runaway spending in Washington. Yeah, it's really taking a toll, I think, and energy is a big part of that. The the 50 is the old 20, and that's not good news for our economy. Um, Governor, I, I appreciate the work you do. I know you got to run here as well, and, and I welcome you back anytime. And, and uh, thank you, thank you for uh, on behalf of the people of Montana for public service. Yeah, thank you, Tom. This is serving Montana is the greatest honor of my life, and I I love it. We'll see you down the road. Okay, thank you, sir. Going to take a break. Uh, Lou Jones, also I, I think another public servant for the state of Montana, will be joining us here, and we'll talk about uh, uh, the budget and. And much more, too. Education will be on the plate because uh, Lou has served on the education committees in, in the various legislative sessions and as well as uh, knows an awful lot about our, our fiscal response or our fiscal needs here in Montana. So that's ahead. Napa know-how. It's all about outdoor adventures like yard work, camping, and hauling. Be ready with new Craftsman Trimmer Blower Combo for just $99.99. Find cargo carriers, vehicle batteries, take $10 off exact fit wiper blades, and find a full line of gloves as low as $6.49 a pair. Ratchet straps and jump starters, too. Napa know-how. Stop in at your locally owned Napa Auto Parts store today. Sales valid through May 31st, 2022 only. Republican member of the House of Representatives, District 18. That's Conrad, north to the border, which includes Shelby and, and portions east of Cutbank there, and served in a lot of leadership positions on 
on finance and claims and education, transportation, appropriations. There's uh, probably not a committee out there that uh, Lou hasn't had some uh, connection to. And Representative Jones, how are you, sir? I am doing well. I'm glad to hear that. It's a good day to be on the top side of the graph. <laughs> um, and I know you're a businessman, too. And I guess I wasn't going to uh, maybe start there because I want to talk about education. I want to talk about the budget. Uh, but but how is business? How how um, how are Montanans faring through uh, an essential government shutdown? Which was, you know, we still feel the effects of that, don't we? Oh, very much so. Uh, in, in uh, you know, we're obviously directly involved in agriculture with a farm and a ranch. And uh, inflation's killing us on fuel and fertilizer, um, chemicals. That you just massive increase in inputs. And up here, it's still pretty dry. You know, you're you're hopefully have something to sell, but it's uh, we are dispersed some cows at this coming Monday sale, and may need to disperse again due to some drought challenges. Uh, the other stores, the businesses, both locally and across the state, um, we're seeing supply chain issues. Right, everything's on allocations difficult to get sprayers in, sprayer parts in, you know, you're being, uh, people are looking for new inventory. It's hard to come by. It's uh, new pickups, new, it's just hard to get items in. And then if you break the right widget or gadget, hard to get a part to fix it. So, and inflation everywhere, at the fuel pump, at the parts, at the, it's uh, an interesting, too much money chasing too few goods. Yeah. Um, do you do you think this is like kind of a transitory or maybe a temporary thing? And I know we're we're looking at the the conflict over in Europe, but also I think the current administration's attack on energy, the energy sector is probably playing a big part of this. But do do you um, do you see this tra- um, maybe tapering off a little bit, Lou? Well, everything's transitory. The question is how long, uh-huh. <laughs> and so. Uh, um, Will the supply chain improve? Yes, it will. Uh, but it, everything takes time, right? Uh, you know, uh, um, oil and gas, those prices will improve through time if we turn the spigots back on. But that'll happen because of price. But I never believed inflation to be short-term transitory. I argued against that continually as a person that went through the last big high interest rates, et cetera, time frame when there was, were all the bankruptcy around. I, will it? Will inflation ultimately uh, uh, cool? Yes, but not without pain. Right? Yeah. As you try to shut the spigots down, as you try to cool the economy, um, there hasn't historically been a time where we've achieved the, a quote-unquote that soft a landing. The question isn't uh, will we get a soft landing, it's just how hard will this, how hard. Hopefully it's a controlled crash. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know that uh, Pat Barkey over at the Bureau of Business and Economic Research had, had talked about, you know, uh, with all this funding out there. And we'll talk more about it uh, next. Uh, we're going to be uh, – there's a sugar buzz going on here, and we may have a withdrawal uh, down the road. Lou Jones is with us. We're back with more Voices in a bit. Voices of Montana continues right after this. When it comes to agriculture, anything can happen, and it usually does. At Northwest Farm Credit Services, our business is safeguarding yours. We provide a variety of crop and livestock insurance options. And our agents don't just know insurance, we know farming too, which means we know what it takes to keep you up and running, even if the unexpected occurs. So if safeguarding your business sounds like a good plan, give us a call. 
Northwest Farm Credit Services, here to help you grow. Equal opportunity provider and employer, equal housing lender. During the pandemic, many of us postponed health care appointments, but now it's time to catch up on checkups. From well visits, annual exams, and immunizations, to preventative screenings and scans to catch issues early, to visits with specialists for chronic conditions, and the dentist and eye doctor, too. Let's all focus on health and get health care appointments back on the calendar. Start by making a health care appointment today. Learn more at Facebook.com slash Health 406, Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services. Representative Jones, really appreciate your time here. Um, let's let's go to let's go to the budget, uh, fiscal year upcoming here. One thing that I'm curious about, and uh, you know, the governor and on down from his you know, administrative directors as well have said, with all this federal funding coming in, and I've been opposed to the just the, the largesse of it. Um, we want to work this into the budget so we don't later on have trouble trying to finance programs that were created with one time money. Um, how'd they do with that? They, it's it's been a uh, well, it was something both the legislature and the uh, yeah. the uh, exec agreed on, right? Good. We yeah. can't create an ongoing obligation based upon a one-time only source. And so, um, I travel to a lot of the other states. I think we've done well overall. Uh, you have some bleed, whether you like it or not, but they very much have focused on that. The issue comes down to is Montana was was if you put the S of the ARPA, all the largesse as you referred to it. Yeah. Uh, together, it brought in about $14.5 billion into the state of Montana. Uh, to put that in perspective, our general fund in the state is $2.5 billion. Heck, our total funding is $12 billion. So you dump that much money into the system over a short period of time, and to borrow Pat Barkey's term, we have a sugar high. We've got so much money on the ground chasing so few goods. It's inflationary. It's just a challenge to deal with. It also is creating a... Uh, um, because it hit in all the income tax segments, it's driving individual income tax uh, temporarily, it's driving some corporate taxes. So we ha- have about, uh, we're likely to have north of a billion, maybe a $1.23 billion of extra OTO money beyond our original revenue estimates in our general fund. Well, then what, what do you do with that? Again, the same question arises. You can't give ongoing tax cuts on OTO money. doesn't make much sense putting that money out for construction because there's not enough contractors to do all the build there is today. What do we do? How do we, how do we respectfully treat this? We could do OTO tax cuts. We remember the slights are four or $500 and put more money back, but that's kind of sugar high-ish as well. How, what is the thing to do? How do you do it appropriately? And that will be a large part of the discussion this time um, in, in this legislative session. There's some concepts out of, uh, creating some additional trust funds, you know, akin to the, if you look at our coal trust now, there's uh, water and sewer called a TSEP trust portion of it that help uh, underlying infrastructure for years. They use the interest earned to uh, to yeah. uh, do that. So there's some thought process of uh, touching some trust funds, potentially a uh, workforce-type housing trust that helps pay some underlying infrastructure to support workforce housing in those communities they were willing to zone areas appropriately for manufactured homes, for for duplexes, fourplexes, for that multifamily type workforce housing that we seem to be so short of to A, encouraging the zoning of it, and B, maybe help with the water and the sewer and the curbs and the gutters. And so there's ongoing discussions of that, uh, potentially some discussions of uh, 
given that our, our current workforce shortage, we're looking to put people back to work. Well, you know, you can't, if they can't come here, if they can't live here. So maybe we could help uh, uh, return some parents to work. Uh, I was once told we don't really have a recession. We have a she session, which is a lot of mothers and have not been able to return them to uh, the workforce because they can't find stable childcare and they're doing the right thing and, and staying yeah. home, taking care of their children. Uh, you know, when you can't have a stable childcare. But again, if we had a childcare system, uh, we found a way to potentially help some business, you know, some, again, not state programs, but a way to create a better structure there. Um, you know, for every, uh, for infants, you got a one to four ratio. For older, you got like a one to 10 ratio. We could potentially have some mothers be able to return to the workforce, those that chose to. Uh, you know, we don't talk about our fire fund and refilling if, at least in my part of the country, it's dry. Might be a big fire season. Um, you know, it's, and as the, as we look to this soft landing and hope it's not too hard to crash, uh, we've got to make sure that the state doesn't go upside down. We've never ran red ink in the 20 years I've been there. Be nice not to do it this time either. Right. Uh, we've got to put some money aside to prepare for the upcoming recession. It's some interesting times. Well, and I'm curious about one. I like the idea of a trust fund uh, with some of this money. Because, well, you know, that that's part of the inflation problem we have here right now is they printed a lot of money recently. It's it's in, uh, And we have a short supply chain. Uh, creating a trust fund um, seems like an interesting idea. Does the Fed allow that with this ARPA funding? Well, this isn't ARPA funding, right? Okay. No, you can't use the direct ARPA to do that. Yeah, okay. This is the largest caused by the ARPA. Okay. By putting all this, this when this money all hit the ground in Montana, it kicked all the tax doll. It increased the amount of taxes the state to the extent this fourteen and a half is being spent real fast on the ground. It's causing a bump in our revenue stream. Now it, it's unlikely it'll continue at this rate, but the state of Montana is get uh, seeing a short term increase in tax collections, which is causing this. One point two billion, I told you about, as a possible OTO increasing yeah. ending funds. But again, I got to keep saying it's OTO; it's not ongoing. So we can't start ongoing programs with it. We can't do ongoing tax cuts. We got to do one-time only things with one-time only money. Gotcha, and that's what OTO stands for: um, is one-time only. Um, okay, but ideas uh, like that um, are going to be uh, addressed in this next le- next legislative session. Um, can you uh, look at our look at our budget? Look at our spending last, if you would. Representative Lou Jones again with us here, Republican member of the Montana House uh, District 18. Again, Conrad North to the border. Um, look look at our our spending here in fiscal, uh, and, and maybe it's hard to do that uh, it, it, because of this pandemic. I don't. There's new rules, I suppose, that may need to be applied here. Um, but uh, what did we spend well, and uh, what does uh, the next year look for fiscal year? So, yeah, it, it, we came out of uh, the session with a good, solid budget. You know, we uh, the, the, we limited increases to well below inflation and population, right? You you always have some inflationary pressure, just not quite like this. So it came out well. But we're also going to, uh, with 8% inflation, I think that was the number from last month, uh, with 8% inflation on the ground, the state faces inflation pressures too, right? The, the snow plows and the road graders and the, the equipment burns diesel and diesel through the roof. It takes drivers. We have wage pressures. I mean, you see them all over. The prison guards, we got a, a wing of the prison closed down because we can't get enough personnel. We've been hearing about the nursing challenge in Warm Springs. So, so uh, 
Um, we're going to have expense side pressures as well as we look to, uh, you know, if you were taking the trip this time from Billings to uh, through Bozeman to Helena, you're probably lucky it wasn't that bad a winter because we certainly couldn't keep snowplow drivers employed enough to do 24-7 most mm-hmm. of the time there. And if you drove it, you saw it, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, because people are, are one, they can't, they can't, they're, the state's not currently paying enough that I'm sure you can live in Bozeman. But they simply have more alternatives, right? Uh, there's an army, there's a huge demand for truck drivers out there, huge demand for nurses, huge demand for people with financial backgrounds. And so uh, we, the state faces uh, wage pressures, it faces tar on the road increases, it faces diesel fuel pressures. So our expense stream is, is there's going to be spending pressure on the expense side, not to add employees or do more, but to be able to afford to keep doing what you do. I need to come back after a break here and uh, and move on to education a little bit because um, uh, I know that it's a big part of well it's your public service and and uh, your focus and as a matter of fact um, I think you led recently an education interim committee was recently right well we were we were part of a uh, kind of a historic meeting but yes education is fifty one percent of the uh, higher ed and K twelve combined is fifty one percent of what the state spends its money on seventy percent of where property tax goes well there you go. Um, we'll come on back and, and talk about education here with Lou Jones, Representative Lou Jones, uh, a, uh, from, who represents District 18. And it's uh, a break and then back with more, 866-627-5483. If you've got a, a text message here, too, we'll take one at 781-627-5483. It's from Montana for Montana, Voices of Montana. It's hunting season. This year, before you head outdoors, stop by Western Ranch Supply and check out our great selection of pack equipment. From pack saddles and gun scabbards to collapsible water buckets and weed-free hay pellets, Western Ranch Supply has what you need to make this season a success. Check out our Western Ranch Supply stores in Billings and Great Falls or online at westernranchsupply.com. Serving the big country, Western Ranch Supply. I want to get to the education portion here, too, because, um, you know, as we look at Montana, look at our education needs, there's a whole lot of money that fl- uh, flooded into education, too. Um, and, and it's hard to put that into perspective as well. Um, but the, through this summit, what um, what what are people telling? What's, what's the future of education in Montana? Well, uh, so, yeah, the, so the purpose here was education, as I shared, is 51% of our budget. We have a, a fairly modern constitution. I actually very much like its wording on the education lead-in. Uh, it says it is the goal of the people to establish a system of education which will develop the full education potential of each person. And equality of opportunity is guaranteed. Uh, and I, and that's, that's probably as good a leading as you can get. But yeah. Normally, uh, if you look at the Montana Constitution, it vests the control of education, different duties, very clearly four ways. And the legislature shall provide for a basic system. I'm just reading words out of the Constitution. There are free quality public elementary and secondary and fund and distribute equitably. School district trustees. Actually, this state truly is a local control team. It says uh, the supervision and control of schools are there. Board of Public Ed, which is the governor's appointments to the State Board of Education and the Board of Regents. Uh, They're responsible for long-range planning and general supervision. And finally, we have a uh, uh, superintendent of public instruction 
that has, you know, part of the executive branch as well and, and has a bunch of duties under the law. So these four players control education, and often they're like four little tractors all pulling in different directions. <laughs> and uh, so we made a conscious decision over over the, the budget committees, the policy committees, to get these little tractors together and see if we could hold a conversation about is there a case for change, you know, because we have not been performing as well in education as we did even 20 years ago, and we've been we're relatively weaker. And if there is a case of change, from what to what, yeah. and could we uh, align together towards some of the best of practices that that have been proven to show better outcomes? And it was a great meeting um, with all the folks in the room. Uh, brought in some experts that had done this work in a number of states. You know, made sure that we had some parental voices and and tried to uh, talk about, uh, you know, critical things. Uh, CTE is a fully integrated option, not not kind of like it is sometimes for the second, uh, you know, the second-class citizens take CTE. Talked about uh, proficiency and mastery-based systems. So we, you know, from the remedial to the gifted, how could we provide better opportunities in that whole spectrum? And what, what had been done and what had worked in different places? The role the digital plays, the role of civics, and uh, it was it was a well spent day. I now know the individual groups are going to go back and talk about it in in their own stead, the board of public ed, the board of regents, etc. And uh, then we'll see if we can uh, we can agree to have a, you know all the little energy from each one of these guys all line up, and if we can move Montana education forward so that our students have better opportunities to be prepared to be the engine of our future economy and to, you know, learn and do and, and be good citizens. Um, well, one of the things that um, that's kind of left there is you know, you're starting a discussion about are there, are there things, uh, are there gaps in our system? I don't have enough time to go into that, um, but, but I'm curious about that. Um, are there a couple that stood right out? If there oh, there, there's a compelling case for change in U.S. education and in Montana Hall. First, Montana is used to be a top five performer. It's now relatively above the midpoint, but not a lot. And that's been a recent relative decline. A lot of it is other states came up. We're way behind the world in mathematics. And we do not, the, the block of students uh, that are represented on the, that would be better served in the career tech ed fields, mm. we are not doing at at K-12 or higher ed as a whole, as good as we can, they're providing them for the, with the tech skills they need to be successful in tomorrow's job market. Representative Lou Jones, I, I appreciate your public service, sir. And, and, and every time catching up with you, I got to listen to it over and over. <laughs> I, I know where we're headed. Uh, you have a good weekend, sir, and we'll catch with you again, okay? Thank you. You have a great day. Yep.